Hello, sinners, and welcome back to another episode of Art Smitten on CineFM. My name's Nick, and let's turn up the feel good because, boy, do I have something special coming up for you all today. Having a massive passion for radio, live arts, and all that goes on behind the scenes of putting together a live action production like the one we'll be discussing soon, I could not wait to interview this lovely woman, especially given the fact that the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is right around the corner. So close, you can literally smell it. And by smell it, I mean reserve your seats now so you don't miss out on any of the great live acts, including the one I'm about to chat to now. She is an actress, radio talent, and is also starring in the brand new musical comedy production Chappelle Chappelle as the infamous elder sister of the controversially iconic Australian figure Chappelle Corby. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruby Tees. Good. How are you, my lovely Nick? I'm going good. Thank you, Ruby. It's always a pleasure having someone like yourself on the show here today. Oh, I'm so excited to speak to you and I'm so excited to show this wonderful live action production, which has literally got absolutely everything in it. I'm just so excited to bring it down to Melbourne. So I've heard and we're absolutely keen to to go and see it. Um, So pretty much being a massive lover of comedy and the live art scene itself, but more so the Aussie scene. I just want to start off by saying thank you for all your contributions and by sticking with this wonderful sector during the crappy two and a bit years that has just passed us with the whole worldwide pandemic. Hasn't it just been absolutely crazy? Oh my goodness, it's been up and down, especially for me and especially my journey on a show like Chappelle, Chappelle the Musical, because we have literally been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it all this whole time hoping that, you know, it'll get up for the next festival or the next run and we won't be taken out by anything, any more COVID. Um, But yeah, it's been quite a huge two years for me personally and for the show. So thank you very much for acknowledging that. But we're so excited to hopefully be on the tail end of it. And we are hopefully going to have an absolutely cracking season for Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Back bigger than ever, comedies and live arts, it's just back and more alive than ever, I like to say. So it's just absolutely pleasing yeah. to, to be able to go yeah. to a, a packed theatre and watch a glorious talent like yourself do your thing. So thank you once oh, again. No worries. Yeah, I think people are now really hungry for it and really excited that it's all getting back out there, especially in Melbourne, such theatre goers, such comedy lovers. They just want their lives back and they want their laughs back. Could not agree more. So Chappelle Chappelle is the title of the production. Can you give us a little bit of an insight of what we can expect from it? Absolutely. So audience are probably going to see Chappelle Chappelle or Chappelle Corby story musical and think you know what this is going to be a caricature of uh, a group of people kind of taking the mickey out of bogans and things like that but I think audiences are really really surprised when they come it's more a conversation about the media landscape here in Australia and what a circus it can become and if you look over say the past 50 years of Australian journalism or the Australian media It's really, really funny in itself to see what the clickbait uh, headlines have been, what the most hot-selling stories have been, and we'll find that it's probably not the most, um, it hasn't been the the most important stories, but the most, you know, dramatic stories. 
stories, the most ridiculous stories, if you will, with these characters, you know, at the forefront or the poster child for a story that'll just be blown out of proportion, absolutely. And that's a comedy in itself. So Chappelle Chappelle the Musical is more kind of a take on what we did in the early 2000s as a nation, what we really clung to in our news landscape. Um, and I think people are really, really surprised and actually walk away with a little bit of reflection of, hey, that was absolutely crazy and that was such a huge spin for so many years and we were so sucked in. Why was that? And especially when it comes to Chappelle herself, if we look back and we look at kind of all the women who were huge news over the years, so you've got kind of your Lindy Chamberlain, you've even got your Julie Gillard, you've got your, I don't know, your Mama Roses, your everything like that. Um, you'll see that it's like, why do we really hold on to these women and kind of crucify them? You know, yes, most of them or whoever was at the centre of their story did the crime, did the time, blah, blah, blah. But why do we have such a fascination around kind of their story and putting them through the ringer as opposed to kind of their counterparts? 100%. And, yeah, it was, we just all love a dark humour. I reckon it's something that we need as well. And kind of in an analogy to all of that, is pretty much in light of the recent pandemics, you know, as bad as it was with all the lockdowns and all that stuff, being from Melbourne personally, um, yeah. half, majority of the time it was just a big kind of piss take, uh, you know, another yeah. lockdown. But like, despite of what it meant and all that we had to sacrifice, we, us as Australians, especially, we just, uh, we've just learned to take it on the chin and kind of um, have a laugh about it rather than take it to heart. Totally, and that's what we do, kind of, that's our character, isn't it? We love stuff that makes fun of us and we love stuff that we can relate to. So I think what's amazing about Chappelle Chappelle, we've taken all the best bits of comedy, we've taken all the best bits of a musical, we've taken all the best bits of the Australian humour and we've mashed it together with a fantastic message. And I think um, why we really need a show like this right now is because it kind of is just going to fill us with joy at the end of the day. And that's what we need. We need to bump up our joy factor um, because it's running low on the tank after the last two years. Exactly right. So um, how did the initial idea of bringing the events that took place back in 2005 come about? I know you were an actress in it, but was there much discussion yeah. pre kind of production about it all? I wasn't initially involved in originating the show. The show started at a fantastic university in Bathurst called the Charles Dirt University um, in about 2018. And it was a group of um, theatre media students. So they have a fantastic course out there for um, budding uh, theatre producers, theatre makers, um, actors, if you will, composers even. Uh, and it's called Theatre Media at CSU in Bathurst. And their capstone project is putting together a fabulous show to, you know, their huge project at the end of their degree. So the fabulous foundation team, Jack Dodds, <laughs> Galloway, I don't want to forget any of my boss's names, Nick, or my <laughs> big trouble, and Mitch Logan, they were in a group together. And along with their wonderful composer, Tim Hansen, they created this musical, which at first they thought, you know, 
it was kind of going to be a little bit more of a, a low-key thing, but it's actually developed into this wonderful, huge uh, project that's been in development for five years and reworked and we've tried new things and mixed things around. Um, but at the end of that year in 2018, they won a special uh, scholarship at CSU. Um, it's a Blair Milan scholarship um, that gives uh, that group in that year the opportunity to take the show to Sydney and have kind of like its first professional run. And I was lucky enough, uh, the director, Abby Galloway, saw me in another comedy and they were looking for a fabulous Mercedes Corby to join the Sydney cast for this very special Blair Milan funded run. And I was really lucky to come on board then. Um, so that was a bit of a twist of fate, actually. I'm not much of a, um, a believer in the higher power, but something must have been at work there to have me on board because it, it's, it's a show that's really changed my life and really put me in a place where I want to be. So I'm very, very lucky and very, very grateful I was asked and I've been kept on almost five years later, which is a very special thing for me, especially when you're an actor or you're in theatre or something like that. It's so special when you start almost at the beginning of a project and you come around and you see it all the way through. I don't think many people have that opportunity, but I have been lucky to see and be a part and be involved and perform at so many amazing places for so many amazing people in this particular show where um, you just get to sing and dance and tap dance and acrobat and act your little pants off and do that and then just absolutely grow with the show, which I think is amazing, and then be pushed into other opportunities because of that. Um, so it's very special to me. So it started kind of as this little small seed and it's grown into a big ghost gum, I would say. 100% sounds like an absolute blast. That is native to That's it, 100%. So <laughs> at least you can say you were there from the start. It's amazing how things like this work out as well. Yeah, totally. You know, I went to uni and I thought, oh, hopefully I'll become a journalist or hopefully I'll do this. But in my heart, I really wanted to be who I am now. So I must have done something right in the last life, hey, Nick? Can't complain. <laughs> Well, being such an iconic case in Australian history, literally it was the talk of the town back in 2005. Everyone knew about it. Do you remember where you were when the news got announced that Chappelle Corby got caught smuggling cannabis into Asian, Indonesia and was facing up to 20 years in a Bali prison? I absolutely do. It was hot off the press, especially at my school. Now, my family was very interested in this because we went to Bali every year for our um, Vogue and family holiday yeah. um, because, you know, some some families would go to the Gold Coast, some families would go to Dubbo Zoo. We went to Bali. We loved it. So um, we, we were very, very interested in this. And we remember being like, oh, 20 years. I think it was the sentencing. At first, when, we, when she first got arrested, we thought, oh, that's very silly in the boogie board bag. Oh, oh, I wonder what's happened there. Has it been set up? Has it not? It was a huge mystery, right? People arguing back and forth, blah, blah, blah. It was a hot conversation in my canteen school line, I can tell you that. But then when the 20 years thing came out, um, I really remember actually being a little bit 
angry about it because I thought, oh, that's a lot of money. I mean, a lot of years in jail for the crime. And I was only 10 years old. And I thought um, maybe I heard my dad say maybe that was blown out of proportion a little bit. And everyone has their own opinion on it and everyone has their own um, idea and being another country and um, that country being taken advantage of, things like that. Everyone has their own opinion and that's absolutely fine. But I just remember thinking, oh, 20 years is a bit much, really. Oh, 100%. And I was only 10. I was only 10. So yeah, I'll maybe think, there's something in that. I think I was about five or six at the time. And even I was like, that was just bloody excessive. 20 years yeah, just yeah. for the, like, I know it, it was massive, but in terms of today's kind of uh, times, something so small yeah. like that, where it's pretty yeah. much legal in majority of the countries and states these days. Yeah, totally. And um, I remember my mum saying, oh, lots of young people make mistakes, you know. And um, but that for me also is very powerful because I'm not saying that I've, you know, trafficked drugs, yeah. but I've <laughs> made a fair few mistakes, you know oh. what I mean? And that's just a part of growing up. And You live in you your own. Yeah, the influence is so, it, it was just very, yeah, unlucky. But also I don't condone smuggling drugs. So it's hard to have an opinion, isn't it? Oh, but, it's a bit of a conflict of interest. Absolutely. But I suppose come to the show and it's just a beautiful story about family, friendship, survival and the Australian media. Well, once again, the case was absolutely massive. And like I said before, everyone knew about it. There's been countless documentaries, books, and even a movie about the events that took place at the Ray International Airport in De Passa. What made you decide you wanted to dive further into the story and actually take part in it when you got the call? Did you have to go through many stages in the auditioning process? Yeah. Do you want to know a funny story? Well, the day I had to audition, my boyfriend uh, at the time broke up with me so severely and so out of the blue I completely forgot that I actually had the audition. Oh, no. And on top of that, I, like, had borderline pneumonia, was sweating, could hardly breathe, but was also had the chills. So they called me and said, hi, Ruby, we're running 10 minutes late. And I was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have this huge audition in 10 minutes. But to get to the audition, it only took 10 minutes. So I just literally dropped everything, sweating my ass off and just, walked straight into the audition and I said, hi guys, um, so here's the deal. I've got pneumonia. My boyfriend <laughs> just broke up with me and said he never actually loved me. I'm sweating profusely and I'm not sure what my hair looks like. And they just looked at me and said, you've got the job. <laughs> oh, having a borderline so midlife crisis. Yeah, I really, yeah, I was having, I was stressing and I was desperate and I was literally it was chaos and they probably saw in that chaos a little bit of what Mercedes went through back in 2004 when she had to go into um, Karabakan for the first time to see if they could get bail. I was about to say I, I also think the commitment alone was just enough to get you over the line there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very lucky um, that they had seen me in another show. I seem to have rubbed them the right way. Um, they probably saw a little bit of Aussie Battler in there as I walked in with a dripping wet hoodie on. Um, <laughs> and now fast forward 
you know, to 2022, March, April, we're going to Melbourne, which I think is pretty amazing. Ruby, be honest, was it actually a Bintang hoodie? Oh, no, I think it was like a crusty old university hoodie that, you know, had seen better days yeah, yeah. from show I did at uni. I just had to ask. Yeah, yeah, well, it was close. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chappelle's journey from start to finish kept the public enthralled for more than 10 years. Without spoiling and giving too much away, of course, would you say that this take on the story focuses more on the human side of Chappelle and Mercedes? with the fear, loneliness and unpredictability that they both had faced on a day-to-day measure when Chappelle was eventually incarcerated? Or does it capture more of the misogynistic and criminal side of what the media portrayed the whole saga to be like? So there's a big split down the middle, and I'm going to say it's 50-50 on both ends. 50-50. That's what it does. It balances it out nicely. So each act has a beautiful balance of both of those things, and then it creates a well-rounded picture. So the audience gets both sides really nicely. Well, there you go. Well, you played the older sister, like we've just discussed, uh, Mercedes Corby. How was that? Really good, actually. Um, and it's made me mature a lot more as an actor because you could do this character and it could be quite cheap and it could be quite surface level, um, which is a mistake I, I probably would have made as a younger actor but now when you go through the motions and you kind of go through what it might have felt like um to have a a a sibling in a third world jail um to you know just that battle day in day out it's actually quite dark and sad and i think um my voice and things like that the tones really shifted to be more deeper and grounded and more focused rather than kind of like this airy, very hysterical woman that was portrayed in the media um, because she probably was the spokesperson for the family and had the responsibility to stay grounded and make sure she had control of everything while managing her family's expectations and the suffocating media's expectations as well. So with that, you know, you kind of look at Mercedes and you think, okay, she is funny on the surface, but deep down you feel for Mercedes because she is trying the best she can, but sometimes her trying too hard um, isn't helping. And that's kind of why the media loved her for 10 years because they could always get something out of her. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And... Um, yeah, I've really kind of connected um, with the Mercedes character over the years um, and really tried to give her more depth and more punctuation rather than just this woman who was kind of, you know, swinging at paparazzi and um, flying around and screaming in people's faces because you never know when you're pushed to that limit, you never know how you're going to come across. Well, exactly right. And at the end of the day, it, it does go to show that we are all human at the end of the day. And, um, you know, the media well, really has media. to realise. <laughs> and the media really has to realise that when, like you said, put under those extreme circumstances, which touch wood, not, none of us or no one really yeah. has to undergo with that kind of uh, pressure again. Now, you just, you know, you say one thing and it's all blown out of proportion. And then totally. it, it really does get to you. And, Obviously, she was looking out for 
her family and herself, of course. And yeah, it gets to that. Um, well, playing a yeah, real life figure can be quite yeah. difficult as there are a lot of factors to be considered. What methods did you undertake in order to become Mercedes? Did you get to meet her by any chance and have a face-to-face conversation to get a deeper feel of what she's like as a person? I haven't met her before and I'm, I'm very careful in overstepping my boundaries. Yep. Um, the younger me probably would have tried to reach out and things like that. I follow her on Instagram and I have studied all her videos uh, online and wherever I can and I've read the book and I've really taken note of her characteristics but I'm really apprehensive about overstepping my boundaries of course. because she didn't ask for me to play her and I don't want to add to her. This has taken most of her life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be a burden on her um, because I feel so deeply that she probably just wants to get that those years back um, because that would have been a huge, like looking back, she probably would have learned a few lessons, but she probably would rather that not happen. Um, and I'm just, I don't want to bother her and I don't want to add to what we're trying to show on the show, which is like a hassle or anything like that. But I have spoken to her manager um, and uh, he said that my portrayal in the show was great and she would have loved it. And um, they feel much easier about the show being on now that the manager's seen it and thought it was a really kind of a great show. Um, so maybe I will get to meet her when we go to Brisbane, possibly, maybe in secret. Um, but for now, I've just um, done the old school thing where I've just gotten everything I can that would help me portray her on stage um, without trying not to annoy her too much. Well, fingers crossed down the track, maybe there is a little crossover between you two. And that, that was a perfect yeah. answer, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, it, it is one of those things. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But I just want to be respectful that hundred percent hypocrite. You know what I mean? Exactly because right. It's a bit of a, a fine yeah. line. If I was in that position and someone was playing me, of course I would be very interested, but I would also be like, I probably wouldn't appreciate being annoyed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there is boundaries. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um I think they've done they've been through enough. Yeah. Well, being a dark comedy filled with laughter, emotion and suspense, did you find it easier to portray the treatment of Mercedes as a woman and the form of misogyny and ses- sensationalism in the media through this type of genre and style? Yeah, absolutely. Because it is hysterical. It's 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 fueled with raging gas, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um, like the photos they took and put on the front cover of newspapers, the crazy headlines. Um, it's, it's just going hand in hand. It's the only way you can play it, really. Oh, because if, if you tried to do a drama, it would still be funny without trying to be funny. Yeah, exactly right. Well, my love of the live arts literally came out of nowhere from a spontaneous choice I made going to my first live show back in 2010. I had no expectations or knowledge of the art itself, and I'm always interested in asking people about how they got into or fell in love with the live arts scene and productions itself. So, Ruby, how did you get into the live arts scene and productions, 
was it something that just came about out of nowhere like you did with myself or was it always something that you had in the back of your mind when one day you just said, right, how about we actually give this a go and see where it takes me? Well, I always loved performing, but I actually started out as a professional dancer and I thought I was going to do like um, be a backup dancer for a pop artist or be in a crazy contemporary company or do a musical or something like that. So I started out as a professional dancer and I thought I was going to be like really cool and just dance and never speak and like just be a really hot dancer. But then I noticed dancing wasn't all that cracked up to be and I actually am better when I'm speaking and I'm really funny. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give comedy a go. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And when I said that, then kind of my life started, I kept the dancing and I kept the performing and then I added the comedy. And now I've just been working on all these amazing comedy musicals, doing stand-up here and there doing live shows that incorporate pretty much everything. Um, so I went from being, oh, you can only ever be a dancer to, hold on a sec, you can actually do everything. So it's been actually a long and slow process of learning pretty much. Uh, I think I hit professionalism at 16 and now I'm 31. So it's been a long journey, um, but... It's been, I've just worked it out little by little by little that you can do everything in a live performance space. Um, you just have to say you're going to do it. Exactly right. And I feel like um, it's easier to say things, but actually doing it, it's a whole new level. And I believe with comedy as well, well I absolutely love comedy. I've got a lot of good friends that, you know, friends for life that are in the industry. And um, it's certainly... Um, kind of opens you up as a person more so than a lot of other traits which is uh really beneficial okay. for someone and and yeah. like you said like you, you take it step by step it's long but it's rewarding and it's a really long journey but you need all the time you can get to work it out in your head because it's absolutely ridiculous and it just gets better and better as time goes on i feel as well because especially oh, yeah. in australia it's like no better place to do it here it's quite underrated yeah, everyone so. thinks of new so. york america but the melbourne sydney comedy scenes is especially it's just yeah unreal adelaide, adelaide uh, fringe i went to brisbane it was amazing as well here i am thinking everyone was like brisbane nah. but they have a comedy club on every corner with people trying new stuff every week but yeah if you're going to impress in melbourne then you're on the world stage i reckon i think we're going pretty well here yeah 100 percent and especially at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Exactly, exactly. I'm really, really excited to come down and um, see what you guys think of me live. Keen to have you down. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to ask, being an Australian and hearing the word lockdown somewhat go hand in hand with each other, unfortunately, how did yeah. you cope with obviously being in the live art scene and having to be locked down for that amount of time? Did you utilise your time well and write more content? Or did you join in the race as to who can finish the whole of YouTube first like the rest of us? Well, I I made a fair few funny videos, but I had my dark days as well, i got to say, especially because I did the 14-week lockdown. Yeah. I started well, uh, but in the middle there, I didn't do too well. But I'm only human. 
Exactly. Um, and I reached out and I got the help I needed. Um, but I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, which a lot of performers do, to try and use your time wisely. But um, that added to the stress of actually being locked down. So all the, the odds were stacked against me. And I went down, down, downhill fast. But I came up as soon as I went down and, you know... Yeah, look, it was a struggle for everyone. I think the toughest people even um, felt a bit lost um, because our lifestyle and what makes us proud of being ourselves was stripped away from us um, and kind of like, you know, it was supposed to be this honourable thing, you know, that we were just staying at home. Um, but, yeah, I did cry a lot. I did eat a lot. I did a lot of Pilates on Zoom, um, but I, I was I was productive sometimes, and other times I was feeling awful, much like everyone else. Yeah, it was a bit like that, honestly. And as soon as we got out of lockdown, because like I said before, I'm from Melbourne. Um, you could you just didn't know what to do, like you know, or oh, we can go Very outside after nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Are you sure? Very overwhelming. <laughs> I think people coming out of lockdown also struggled a bit as well. It was like all of a sudden you were seeing people and people were bringing out their lockdown work and all the jokes were about lockdown. It was good at the start. (laughs) Yeah, it was really tough. It was fabulous the first two weeks. But after that, no, give the live performance. Felt like that. Back there, their cash. And uh, their sanity. Exactly right. Well, all right. Before we wrap up, in three words, how would you describe your production, Chappelle Chappelle, and what the audience can expect from the show? Spectacular, groundbreaking, invigorating. Spectacular, groundbreaking, and invigorating. Very strong, Abby. Very strong. I love it. Any cheeky plugs that you would like to give before we wrap up as well? Yes, so um, if you would like to see me, I'm obviously on in Chappelle Chappelle, which will be 9 o'clock at Trace Hall every night except Wednesday. You can get tickets uh, from our website or our Instagram, which is Chappelle Chappelle underscore the musical on Instagram. But if you would like to see me even more, I'm in a two-woman show called Mystery Flight, which will be happening at Comedy Republic or every Friday and Saturday night at midnight um, of the Comedy Festival. It's a 50-minute show. It's amazing. We'll take you around the world to mystery destinations. There's celebrity guests, songs, dancing, and a whole lot of laughs, and a complimentary glass of bubbles on arrival. Comedy Republic, what a venue that is, hosted by the wonderful Reese Nicholson as well. Yes, absolutely. Good so on you're going to get a double whammy of me if you come Friday, Saturday. 100%. Good on you. I'll definitely be there to check you out there. And yeah, you can say hi. You'll love it. 100%. And you can catch the great Ruby T star in the stellar production, Chappelle Chappelle, at this year's Melbourne International Comedy Festival from the 31st of March right up to the 24th of April. Ruby, it's been a, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Nick. I'll see you in Melbourne, Dale. See you in Melbourne.